Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. A lot of football tonight, as you would expect. The quarterback carousel, will it be swirling around the game of musical chairs over in Florham Park? Robert Salo will meet the media tomorrow morning. He'll announce who the starting quarterback will be, but he certainly kept the door wide open and opened up that can of worms by saying that no guarantee that Zach Wilson's going to be the starting quarterback. So who knows who that guy will be? As I told you, if, 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 if it's my gut, as I said earlier in the show, just an educated guess based on everything that we've learned up until this point, and you piece it all together, kind of got a feeling that it's going to be somebody not named Zach Wilson, if you ask me. Just my own two cents. Um, they feel they have an opportunity to win, and I don't think that they believe necessarily that he gives them the best chance to win right now. And if you use that game on Sunday as a big reason for that, I think that's why you know. And so you can't really be shocked if, indeed, that's the decision that comes out uh, tomorrow morning from the head coach. Giants are down in Dallas on Thursday. That's going to be a tough one. Giants so battered, so beaten up, injuries galore, off a bad performance against the Detroit Lions. Cowboys arguably played their best game in Minnesota last week. Going to be a tough task. We had Jordan Renan on earlier. You can catch it on the podcast if you missed it. But a lot of good stuff there in terms of the injury situation and who's going to be available, who won't be available. Ben Simmons is back in Philly tonight. We haven't talked about that yet. And Nets are losing right now by three in the third quarter. Close game. But Sixers are missing a whole bunch of guys. Joel Embiid's not playing. James Harden's not playing, among others. Tyrese Maxey, of course, is out. But Simmons is there. And this morning, he was talking about his return to Philadelphia and what he's going to be feeling like. I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. You know, this is going to be an opportunity for me. You know, I've never been in this situation. So, you know, I got to appreciate it and really take it all in. We shared a lot of moments here, a lot of ups and downs. You know, this is, you know, I became a man, I feel like. So, you know, I've always, you know, had a lot of respect for Philly in that way. And and the fan base, you know, it's a special fan base. But I got a a lot of love for Philly. He said all the right things. You know, and he's out there, he's competing so far tonight, he's doing his thing, but but I tell you, it really is a, a huge 180 from where Ben Simmons was not too long ago to where he is right now, um, and the fact that he's just, you know, trying to be one of the central figures of this basketball team, because the Nets have already had their share of adversity when you're talking about the first, you know, 15, 20 games of the season when, you know, they already changed coaches, Kyrie Irving had his suspension, uh, you know, they've run through the gamut, essentially. You know, Simmons missed a little bit of time there. And who knows how this thing is going to end up. If I'm, you know, a betting man, do I really think that they have everything figured out in Brooklyn and they're just going to all sing Kumbaya and make it to the NBA Finals? No, of course not. This, you know, you can't trust this team at all. But for the time being, you know, this is what they have. And you just want to make sure more than anything else, you don't bury yourself in this Eastern Conference, which I don't think that they're in any danger of doing. But... Who knows when that next trap is going to surface for the Nets? When I say trap, I mean 
some sort of controversy that's going to rear its ugly head again. And it always seems like that's the case with this team. And on the Knicks, on the other hand, you know, what more can you ask for than what you got last night in Oklahoma City? You know, and if you take the West Coast trip as a whole, you had a winning trip, right? You had a winning trip. And if I would have asked any Knicks fan before they even took off for Utah last week, hey, would you sign up for a winning trip? You would have all taken it. Because remember how they left with that awful no-show against Oklahoma City where they gave up 145 points at, at, at the Garden. That was as low as low could be. And remember, it was only a couple of games before that where they had that no-show in Brooklyn. So really weren't all that optimistic. You go to Utah. Utah hadn't lost a home game before. Then you had Denver. Denver hadn't lost a home game yet up until that point. No way the Knicks are going to be able to compete. No way they're going to be able to win. They won both games. I know that Jokic wasn't playing the Denver game. I don't care. I don't care. Half the Knicks were sick on this trip, too. Did you see R.J. Barrett? The guy was running up and down the floor with an IV. But he was still gutting it out. You know, that's part of the game. You take the wins when you can get them. You're not going to sit there at the end of the season and, and, and nitpick victories. Like, they don't allow you or disallow you into the playoffs based on who was or wasn't available on the other team if you won that game. It doesn't count that way. You know, you had a rough one in Golden State. They had a little bit more firepower, of course. Granted, Phoenix, you know, they're going to do that to a lot of teams. But then you bounced back last night and got some revenge on OKC. And how about Jalen Brunson? How about Jalen Brunson and how well he played last night? I know it made his head coach happy. The best part of his game is he can give you whatever you need. If you need scoring, he gives you that. You need the playmaking. When they were doubling at the end, he was creating layups for us. And so he can read the game really well. Uh, and that's a big plus. That's what you want out of your point guard. And Bing bong! That's right. And Thibodeau says, you know what? Got to build on these wins. The games keep coming. And so we knew it would be a challenge. And sometimes going on the road is good for you. And so we treated each game individually, went step by step, and we know we have a lot of work to do. We have to continue to improve. So this gives us a chance to get home, have a day of recovery, and then we can get back to work. And you got to be ready for the next one. You know, that's the challenge of the league. That's what makes the league so great. It's just the the competition that you face every night. So hopefully we can build upon this and uh, keep moving forward. Tell you another reason why it was so big getting that win in Oklahoma City last night. Because it doesn't get any easier. It's like, all right, you're coming back home, but you're playing Portland on Friday. You're playing Memphis on Sunday. Those are two brutal games. And then after a trip to Detroit, you got Milwaukee, Dallas, Cleveland, and Atlanta all at the Garden. Like, oh, my gosh. That is a tough stretch. So that's why it was huge to be able to have a winning road trip. Huge. I mean, you're only at 9-9. Nine and nine. You know, you're not sitting there selling playoff tickets anytime soon yet. But, you know, the Knicks right now, for better or for worse, are pretty much where we all thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. You're in that play-in tournament mix, right? I mean, that's not the end-all, be-all. That's not the ultimate goal. But where you are right now, you're kind of right there along the expectations. And that's not the worst thing in the world, in my opinion. All right, 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Let's get back to the calls. Buddha, Bronx, up next, 98.7. Buddha, talk to me. What's going on, bud? We got Buddha. Buddha going once. A Buddha going twice. We're going to move on from Buddha. It's unfortunate. Lou is in Dobbs Ferry. He's up next. Louie, how are you? 
Was that the Buddha? That was the Buddha, and the Buddha no está for some reason. I don't know where Buddha is. We got to find Buddha. Well, I know he does a lot of like, uh, you know, he makes a lot of wishes come through. But maybe he's busy right now. It's, you know, we're getting into the holiday season. He's like he's like a um, genie. He grants wishes. That's what he does. Right, right. That's interesting too. I thought Buddha. I didn't know he was, but I know he was in the Bronx. All right. So um, with the Knicks. Nine and nine record. Uh, I mean, what can you say? They play five hundred ball the rest of the year. They'd be five hundred team. I mean, it, it's just not a team. It's not a to me. It's not a championship caliber team. It's not even a playoff caliber team. I mean, we could fool ourselves. We could go on a couple of wins here, two or three wins here and there. Um, the team is 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 not that good. And until they start drafting better, I think this team is is just going to be where it is now for the last twenty years. Just a team that's mediocre. It knows how to sell itself to the fans. The ball, you know, the arena the garden always sells out. Obviously, I don't know why, but I mean, I guess all the tourists are in there. But I, you know, I thought the tourists weren't coming in anymore. But whatever. That's what now nah, the city's at booming, Lou. The city's booming. Business is back, baby. They're all back. Look, you know, here's Lying. the thing. Here's the thing, Louie, and thank you for the phone call. Right now, you can't do anything to change the Knicks, at least for. This upcoming season, right? Unless you're going to make this big, bold, splashy trade before the deadline, which, you know, remains to be seen. They didn't make a big splash move in the offseason aside from Jalen Brunson. But, you know, re-signing R.J. Barrett, like Lou just said, you know, they don't they don't draft well, they don't do this well. You know, re-signing R.J. Barrett, for better or for worse, is at least the guy that you drafted. You drafted him pretty high, and you gave him a second contract because you identified him as a pillar, somebody that you're going to be able to build around. And the jury is still out as to whether or not he is going to be the type of franchise player that the Knicks are investing in. I would have included him in a deal for Donovan Mitchell. I've said that many times in the summertime because I don't know if he'll ever reach where Donovan Mitchell is at right now. And you can't tell me that the Knicks would not be a better team today if, let's say, Donovan Mitchell was in the lineup as opposed to R.J. Barrett. But we'll never know. But there are other superstars. There are other guys who are franchise players, who are game changers, that are on other teams that could be had. You know what? The Knicks just played a guy last night on Oklahoma City who's pretty damn good. And I know that he's got a contract already with the Thunder, but I don't think he's going to finish his career in Oklahoma City. You know why? Because guys don't finish their careers in Oklahoma City. It's called economics. SGA is going to be playing on another team. And you know what? Knicks should keep bringing the phone over there to Sam Presti and company in OKC ever so often. Leon Rose, just pick up the phone to engage dialogue. Hey, you want to trade SGA today? Is today the day? Is today the week? Robbie and Mass is up next. Robbie, how you been? What's going on, man? Nice show. Hey, I uh, wanted to ask you a couple of things. First of all, uh, before I get to my Rangers, the Aaron Judge situation, evidently talking to the San Francisco Giants. If you're Aaron Judge, why the hell would you want to go back to the San Francisco Giants? They're in a division with the Padres and the Dodgers. They're not that good a team. I want to go home. Is that the problem? I mean, and honestly, to me, Dan, if the Yankees don't go out and sign him, what a terrible public relations position they're in in terms of marketing. I mean, they'll sell more jerseys. If Aaron Judge, they'll make, they'll make the money back. They give him $35, $40 million. They make the money back on just on Aaron Judge merchandise. But I wanted to ask you to get your opinion on that and also um, about the Rangers. You know, I can't believe the way the Devils are playing right now, but the Rangers are bothering me in a sense. You know, they haven't developed these kids. Cockle hasn't developed. Lafreniere hasn't developed. 
Philip Heedle's not that good. I don't think Keandre Miller's that good. He's like a minus five this season. What what do you see the Rangers doing? You know, at, at the end of the trade deadline this year. I mean, I mean, I just don't think they're as good as last year. I mean, obviously Igor is Igor. And Igor can win you any series. But what have you seen so far that that you don't like? I mean, they're not scoring five on five. And why is that? Maybe you have a theory on that. Well, they didn't I, score. My theory is, Rob, yeah, they didn't yeah. score five on five much last year either. Remember, Chris Kreider had how many right. power play goals? And, you know, right, right. that's a big thing. 27 you, or 28. Yeah, and you can't expect this year's Abanajad's doing a nice job on the power play, but you can't expect Kreider to be another 50 goal scorer for you. Right? No, I mean, I that know was. That. So that's a yep. big loss, not when I say a loss, but that's a minus right. from last year. And what? how sure, many absolutely. times last season did the goaltender have to bail them out? You don't want to get a into lot. those habits. A lot. You know what bothers me? This is what I, what drives me crazy when I watch the Rangers. I'm so tired of the East-West play. They need North and South wingers. Chris Drury has to recognize this. He's a smart guy. They don't have enough guys that get in your face. Like, I don't understand. They could have re-signed Frank Vitrano. They need a right winger to score. There's the guy who got him for cheap in, in Anaheim. They need to go and look like a guy like Tyler Mott, who's a guy who plays up and down the wing. You look at the Bruins. You look at the Devils. They have guys that go to the net. Good teams have guys that drive the net. The Rangers have been soft. I've been watching the Rangers. They're my favorite team in sports. I grew up watching watching all my life. Used to watch games with the injured players. Used to go hang out you know, at the uh, Mug Ale House in Rye, you know, hang out at the Playland and, and go to Ranger practices. I mean, but this team has been soft for so long, with the exception of, say, 94, 79, some of the early years. But, it, it, you know, they just constantly are pushed around. And I don't know, you know, what Chris Drury's – thought processes, but I'm so sick of watching Panarin run around the outside. All they do is go east and west. Kako, east and west. You know, all these guys, Lafreniere, they've had trouble drafting centers for years, and I still don't understand the drafting of Lafreniere. I just don't understand why they haven't focused on drafting a young center, and, and all the young centers they've ever drafted have well, been the thing about, terrible. Rob, you know, remember yes, that yep. year with, with, with Lafreniere, and, and I thank you for the phone call, my friend. The thing with Lafreniere, he was hands down the best player in that draft. You know, like he, he was the generational prospect, all those things. It, it was a no-brainer to take him. Now, the thing with Heedle, Heedle had a strong close to the season last year. That kid line was really something. You just hope that maybe he would continue to pick up right where he left off. And I think you've seen flashes of it, but remember, he missed a couple of games. It's still very early in the season. You know, we're not even at Thanksgiving. Well, we'll be in Thanksgiving in two days. But, you know, you're, you're what, 20 games in? I know that that's a quarter of the year. I wouldn't press the panic button just yet. You know, and to your point about the acquisitions and some of the guys that you mentioned, of course, with Tyler Mott and, and, and Vetrano, all the guys that they acquired at the trade that last year, they all left. Cop, you know what I mean? So who's to say that Chris Drury can't go out there and strike gold again at the trade deadline this year? I'm sure he's going to be active if he sees that, you know what, there's pieces that you need to bring in to be able to improve the club to make you go on a deep playoff run like you did a season ago. All right, 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Remember, Anthony Becht is going to join us about 15 minutes, talk a little football with A.B. Did you see what happened at the World Cup today? Did you? Boy, the upsets keep on coming, and we're only a few days in. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. How about the upset we had today at the World Cup? Huh? How about Saudi Arabia? A 2-1 win over Lionel Messi, who scored, actually, and Argentina. Keep it going. Keep it going. Little Andres Cantor for you. What a hunk. Who saw that one? Now, it's such a big deal. Like, you talk about the, in, you know, history, how big of an upset. This is a huge upset with the Saudis beating Argentina. So much so that in Saudi Arabia, they actually made tomorrow like a national holiday in the wake of this victory. So, you know, schools are closed, banks are closed, all that stuff. Nobody's got to go to work in Saudi Arabia tomorrow, all because the country won a soccer game. Imagine if, like, we did that around here. Like, let's just say, like, if we ever do some damage in the World Cup. Now, it doesn't count on Friday when we play England. That would be a huge upset, but we have, everybody has off on Saturday. It's a weekend. It's a holiday weekend. But imagine, you know, let's say we even go to, like, the semifinals or something. If we win a game, like, could you see, like, this country shutting down for a day because of, the, uh, of a soccer game? Probably not. I don't think so. No. I mean, I would love, you know, how many times I've seen the Giants and the Yankees win something, and I had to go to school the next day. Well, that's Absolutely. New York. Come on, man. Still, that's not. There's nothing would like unite the nation necessarily. Well, think about it this way: like the Dream Team won gold, and we didn't get a holiday. Well, I wasn't alive back then, but I'm guessing there wasn't a holiday. Yeah, but the Dream Team, though, they were supposed to win. Well, not even the Redeem Team. Well, the Redeem, even the Redeem. By the way, if you're a sucker for such things, did you see we're not the number one ranked basketball team in the world anymore? That's right. Spain. Spain right? is Spain number is. one. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Not that I'm losing any sleep over it, but... Motivation for another Netflix documentary. (laughs) Right, exactly. So the Netflix people are going to have content to be able to produce. So, yeah, you got Saudi Arabia with the win today. They beat Argentina. I thought that was a golden opportunity missed by the United States yesterday in the the tie against Wales. You got to win that game. You want to get out of the group, you got to win the game. Because England's going to advance. Iran is not good. Okay, England made quick work of Iran. They're going to finish in last place in the group. So you got to figure the second team to come out of the group is either going to be the United States or Wales. That's why that one yesterday was huge. If you had won that game, 
You're sitting pretty. Now you're going to have to fight through goal differentials to get out with a tiebreaker, which means when you play Iran, you're going to have to not only beat them, you're going to have to beat them rather convincingly. And then when you play England on Friday, I mean, look, the best I think you hope for is a draw. And if you lose, you just hope that it isn't lopsided. You know, maybe you play like the, the you know, take the air out of the ball type of game strategy to where it's not going to cost you necessarily. But that game, I think, you know, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. I think that game on Friday is going to do huge numbers. Absolutely huge numbers. It's a holiday. Everybody's off. It's right there in the afternoon. And remember something. The NFL, they stayed away from the World Cup this year. And what I mean by that is maybe people haven't heard. The NFL is going to have a Black Friday game on Amazon Video or Amazon Prime or whatever the hell. Okay, that was part of the deal when Amazon got in the bidding for the Thursday night package. They said, we want to have an exclusive Black Friday afternoon game. And the NFL said, sure, but it's not going to be this year because they realize that they would go head-to-head with the United States and playing England in the World Cup. And even the mighty NFL would probably lose that battle because that game is going to be on everywhere across the country. Like I said, it's a holiday. People are off. People are going to be all over that game. So the NFL even stepped aside for the World Cup. But next year on Black Friday, you're going to get yourself a football game to watch. So we'll see what happens when it comes up in a couple of days here. Uh, let's try our pal. Where's uh, my little mouse here? Buddha in the Bronx again. Buddha, are you there? You got me this time, Dan? There he is. What is up, Buddha? Sorry about that, man. This full service of Rockland County is nervous. How yeah, we got we to get on that. Rockland County, get your stuff together, will you please? It's always like that, always. Listen, you know, you've done a little 180 in terms of the Zach Wilson thing. I remember, like, four weeks ago, you were like, you know, who are the guys that thought that Fields uh, was better? Put your hands up after that horrible game on Thursday night. But, you know, in a lot of ways, Dan, I don't know if this is the worst thing in the world for the Jets. You know, that press conference stuff yesterday was stupid. You know, just make a decision, or if you want to lie, and say, look, you know, you can always change who you're going to start later on the week. That was not a good look. But the fact that this is taking place with the team being good is a positive. Because imagine if this would be going on and, let's say, other players on the team weren't working out as draft picks. Then that means people are going to start losing their jobs. But also, it would have extended the lifespan of the assessment. In this league right now, you got to really understand quickly whether you got somebody or you don't. You can't take six years to develop a quarterback the way it used to. So, you know, maybe it's better that they get, you know, they get the, the – let's stop doing – a couple of callers ago said it. He was 100% right. Let's stop with the top five pick of the quarterback. Because forgetting – take the Jets' failures aside. Most teams that pick, you know, one through five, that's a 30% success rate in whether those guys work out. So get the veteran and bring somebody maybe second round or late first round and let them actually, you know, develop the job. Oh, I agree. Part of Wilson's problem. Part of Wilson's problem, then, you know, and, like, listen, I, I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I'm not mm-hmm. because I never liked him at the pick period, Forget before he even got here. But part of the problem is, is that when they take these guys, the Jets, you know, they, you know, you got LaFleur, like you were talking about before when you were talking with um, 
with the boys earlier before you come on. Mm-hmm. Mike White ran the offense better than LaFleur's trying to run. You know, they're asking Wilson uh, in a lot of ways sometimes to do things that he's not good at. He never – in college he wasn't a, a quick one, two, three, get the ball out of his hands. Those were long um, developing pass routes they had him sh- um, throwing. But, you know, you, you know, a lot of times the quick fix, it's, it, you know, it just it rarely works. You know, you have to sometimes look at your plan, too. You can't just always just blame it on the player. You know, some of the stuff that they did with him was wrong. Why would you make him a captain before he ever produced anything on the field? You, you can't expect him to not feel entitled or to, to not know when to show accountability when, as an organization, you didn't request that. Well, the players vote on that. Buddha, the players vote on the captain thing, so you'd have to ask them as to why they went ahead and did that. And I appreciate the call, as always, my friend. I, I got to hit a break, but um, I agree with what you said. And, and here's another thing about the draft. And, and who knows how next year is going to look, but here's all I'll say. Nothing stops you, and nothing should stop a team from continuing to take swings at a quarterback in the draft. Maybe not a first-round pick, but Ron Wolf, who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you know, he built that Packers team with, with Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren and won a championship, was with the Raiders before that. You know, Ron Wolf, Hall of Fame executive, he believed firmly in taking a quarterback every year in the draft, regardless of what round. Because we've seen in the NFL nowadays, you know what? You got fifth-rounders, sixth-rounders, seventh-rounders. I mean, the guy who was considered the best of all time was a sixth-round pick. You never know. And it's not the worst thing in the world using a draft choice on a quarterback. It just happens to be the most important position in the sport. So nothing says he can't take one at some point, and I think that the Jets probably do that if there is some uncertainty going into next year. We're certain, though, that we're going to talk football when we come back with our good pal Anthony Beck. He was a former first-round pick of the Jets, and he's also part of our broadcast team right here on 98.7 ESPN. That's next. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk a little football now, though, with our next guest. He is, of course, part of our broadcast team here on Jets Sundays on 98.7. He also played for the Jets, former first-round pick extraordinaire. He's also now uh, a big-time head coach of the XFL St. Louis Battlehawks. He had the draft last week. He's got a roster. He is ready to rock and roll. It's our good pal, Anthony Becht. How are you, big-time? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well, Dan. How's things? Oh, everything is great. Uh, probably a lot better than... The Jets' offense was on Sunday, that's for sure. Um, first, first and foremost, are you surprised at what's happened here over the last 24 hours or so that Robert Sala left the door open to possibly changing quarterbacks for Sunday? Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm surprised. You know, I, and I'm, I'd be, I'm still kind of, you know, debating on whether he'll actually make a change actually to start this game. I think it, it is kind of a a warning call uh, to, to Zach, uh, you know, um, you know, they've kind of perched him up and there's been full support. And I think there still is full support for him, but I think now it's, it, it comes down to the point where the, this team feels like they're good. 
they feel like they have enough pieces. You know, I, I think the mode heading into the season was, okay, we improve a lot this year and we make our move next year. Well, you know, you're, you're in a situation right now where, you know, coming from the top, I'm sure Mr. Johnson's a guy that, you know, listen, like we're in a good position, like, you know, everything's going well except a couple areas. We need to get the offense going. So I think it's just putting everybody on call. And I think it's not the quarterback. I quite frankly, I think it it speaks really to every position. Uh, you know, it's when I when I watch the film and, and see how that game from start to finish offensively, um, you know, just a lot of those situations throughout that game where, okay, yeah, we can point the finger at Zach. And rightfully so. It was arguably – one of the poor performances of any quarterback that I've seen as far as, you know, delivering some type of offense, uh, you know, for our four-quarter game. I mean, it, it just uh, – it, it didn't go well at all. But opportunities were there. A lot of guys, you know, didn't have great showings as well. I mean, drop balls, missed blocks, you know, not hitting the right holes, all those things collectively – uh, kind of, kind of fall into the belt of just the lack, lack of execution across the board. But you know, clearly, you know how it is, man. The quarterback is the one mm-hmm. that has to lead, lead the show. And and then unfortunately, in that game, it, it, that's as, that's as bad as a, an outcome could be for a quarterback. And I think it was due for some type of wake up call. We've seen poor performances, you know, and look, that it comes with the territory, as you said. But on Sunday, I mean, you watch the film, you see the overhead, and you see guys wide open down the field, wide open underneath to where he doesn't see them, he doesn't deliver the ball. So you can sense that frustration, and you had guys like Garrett Wilson speaking out because of that frustration. As somebody who, when you played, and you weren't in blocking, and you had to go out as an intended target and so on and so forth, and when this keeps happening and you're in a situation where the quarterback just isn't seeing the field, I mean, like, what emotions take over? How do you handle it? Is it something that you deal with on the sidelines? Do you keep going to the quarterbacks? You know, whether it was Chad Pennington or whoever it was, and you said, hey, I'm open. I'm, I mean, like, do you, is that a situation that develops constantly during a game when this thing just doesn't correct itself? Yeah, you know, I was, honestly, I, you know, I think it's bad body language across the board. You know, uh, I love the intensity and, and, and all those things from Garrett Wilson. But, again, there's a maturity factor that, you know, quite frankly, you know, him, Zach, a lot of these guys, you know, they're coming from places where, quite frankly, there was not never these issues. So it's frustrating. But I think you also can't sell your guys out, you know, across the board. I, yeah, and you're right. Where, where it happens is it is on the sidelines. You sit down, you talk about it, you get with your receivers, the quarterback, the line, the running backs, and you go over things to jump around and, and throw your arms down to me, that's a conversation for every player as well. It's not just Zag. It's, it's a conversation for Garrett. Yeah. I know Garrett wants to get the ball. A perfect example is early in the game, you know, Garrett, they're running a little quick, uh, a little mo- a movement motion outside by the running back, Ty Johnson, it's supposed to be a little pick and rub play. And, and Garrett doesn't get the job done. He doesn't pick the guy, comes back, the play gets blown up and there's nothing for Zach. So everybody you can find on the film, offensively, uh, you know, didn't necessarily fill your role. So the, 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 what you what happens is is take care of your job, okay? The guy you're looking at in the mirror, you have to do your part. And then as long as you're doing your part, then anything else that happens throughout the framework of the game or that has to be done or talked about after the game, it, it, it happens. But everything so the body language, those things that they're showing and these analysts and these TV guys want to point out all this stuff like, 
you know, why? I mean, I just, you know, those things don't give anybody a reason to talk because now we can really say, we don't know what the reason is why people are doing things. Yeah, they're frustrated, but at the same token, you know, those things to me, you got to come on the sideline, especially with the young team. There's got to be some type of leadership there uh, to get those things going. Unfortunately, a guy like a Corey Davis isn't quite there right now yep. to give that leadership from the receiver room too. So, you know, everybody I think needs to step up their game, but of course everything falls on the quarterback and Zach has to be better in his moments and his opportunities are there. He has to convert uh, on those situations. Talking, talking football with Anthony Becht right here on 98.7. You know, uh, obviously one of the other byproducts of this decision that Robert Salah probably factored into it was, you know, the rest of that locker room realizes that we got a good team. And this is a team that's in the playoff race. And if they would have won Sunday, they would have been in first place. So you have to make decisions that are the best for the 53 guys in that room. And I just wonder, you know, if he didn't speak up like he did yesterday and is at least not mulling a quarterback change, could that be something that could go towards maybe putting a divide in that locker room? I mean, you've been in locker rooms. How do you how do you know when a room is close to fracturing, so to speak, if it's one side of the ball versus another, let's say? Yeah, well, you know, defensively, obviously, it is frustrating. But, you know, this is one of the best defense. It's enjoyable, quite frankly, to watch what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's about time they've been able to have pieces – on the field from front to back to back to front that actually are the best players on the field. It's amazing. It's great to watch. And that should be a tribute to Joe Douglas in that sense of, of that side of it. Now, offensively, the way you, 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 you take away that, that uh, the division is, you know, you show the film and show where the moments are, where everybody is taking turns, not getting it done. That eases the pain for the quarterback. Now, when the quarterback misses things or doesn't get the ball to the guy or doesn't see things that are wide open, clearly you can make that the bigger picture. But a good coach, a good offense coordinator, a head coach, you know, shows the big picture. And just like Robert Sal was saying, I think he spoke the truth. It's, it's, it's every position you could put on the film and say, okay, you got to be better. You got to be better. You got to be better uh, in these circumstances. So, you know, I just don't think it causes division because there really is more than just the issue of the quarterback. And a lot of people aren't talking about it, and I think it's honestly the biggest reason why this offense has maybe suffered mm-hmm. is the injury to Brees Hall. Yeah. You know, Brees Hall, to me, you know, yeah, having an impressive rookie. See, he was basically one of the best backs in the NFL, and we start to see every week what he brought to the table from the running back position, from catching the ball out of the backfield what he could get through the line of scrimmage and make people miss at the second level, man. You don't have that. Guess what? You know, that, that hurts a quarterback because we're quite frankly, not getting that kind of performance since he's been out uh, the last couple games. So, you know, that that's a huge factor in this thing. And he honestly is a, is a big reason why this team won and did such a good job early on in the season. Anthony, if Robert Sala announces tomorrow, that he's making a change at quarterback to either Mike White or Joe Flacco. Do you think you reach the point of no return with Zach Wilson then? Like, can you potentially then go back to him if you bench him tomorrow? Yeah, so, uh, you know, here's how I would kind of go about it. I'll put my coach's hat on since now I'm there. You're, that's scenario. right. You're the expert. Num- num- number one, Joe Flacco, I don't think it's going to be an option uh, in this scenario. I think if if another quarterback were to come in, it will be someone other than Joe Flacco, number one. Number two, I think I don't think Zach does not start 
this game. I think he does start. I think now what happens is everything is now going to be evaluated a little differently, and at any point he could be pulled. Um, Short leash, you're saying. Exactly. Now, if if he were to get pulled, and let's just say a Mike White comes in and has a really good game, you know, doesn't turn the ball. Because the fact of the matter is, as bad as Zach played, right, if it, the, the key is don't turn the ball over. As bad as he played, they still could have won that game. Uh, that's the thing, because he didn't turn the ball over. So there is a piece of what he's doing that's good. He's not turning the ball. But if you look at how both quarterbacks played, Mac Jones was at least able to get the, the team into a situation where they were able to kick two, two more field goals, which they missed, and move the ball down the field. You know, I think now Zach is, is where he has to come out and execute. Now, does it help that he's going against one of the worst uh, passing defenses in the NFL? Sure, that, that's a great uh, uh, next game to bounce back on. But, hey, listen, the pressure is now there. The media, the New York City moment, these are the things that we always talk about when new quarterbacks come to New York. Like, these are the things now. How do you deal with these circumstances? And now that he's the head coach's front and center and saying, hey, you know, everything's on the table at this point. Now we'll find out if you can, if you can play and succeed and, and uh, supersede these moments in your career in a, in a big market like this. And, and now you're in the big boy league, right? Now you don't get the grace period. The results are there. The team is good. They feel like they can win now. Okay, and if the the quarterback has to be able to at least manage a football game, you have to do that at a minimum. You go back to Sanchez days, manage the game, mm-hmm. don't throw it away, and move the field, move it, move up and down the field, and get yourself in a position at least a win field position or get some kind of points. That's that all Zach has to do in this one. He doesn't have to be great. He has to protect the football and move the team down the field and get them in scoring position. After that, you know, the defense can honestly, quite frankly, take over because that's how good they've been. Let me ask you this before I say goodbye regarding the Giants. Um, They had that tough one against Detroit. They weren't able to come from behind like they've made it a habit really all season long. They're dropping like flies. They're like a mash unit right now. Now they go into Dallas on a short week against the Cowboy team that, you know, is going to have Dak Prescott at quarterback who didn't play against them the first time around. Do you think that this magic carpet ride the Giants have been on this season is ultimately going to reach its destination and land here pretty soon? Or you think they're going to be able to get up off the mat after this little bit of adversity that they're facing now? Yeah, you know, this is this will be the toughest stretch of their season, right? Away at the Giants, commanders are playing, quite frankly, maybe a, as most improved team as anyone uh, in the NFC, five out of six. Uh, but you know, you got you got the Eagles twice, you got the Commanders twice, you got to play on the road at the Vikings. This is a crucial moment. Now, I don't think there's enough information out there to tell me that okay, the Giants can't take a step forward forward and get themselves in a playoff position. But again, all three phases, similar to the Jets, all have to be in line for them to win. So you know, it doesn't put a lot of pressure as far as, you know, one particular side, but I think everybody has to play well or at least, you know, not turn the ball over. I mean, your perfect example is Daniel Jones. He's been pretty clean, had some good numbers, but two turnovers, you know, those are the things right there. He's like, okay, well, you take that. But, yeah, the turnovers did lose the game. I mean, that was a big factor in it. If he doesn't have those turnovers, maybe he only throws for a buck seventy-five. they probably, you know, have a good chance of winning that game. So, Again, it's just can you manage a football game at the quarterback position? You have a good defense. You've got good special teams. Those are the ways you win football games regardless of who you're playing. It doesn't matter if it's the Eagles, Cowboys, 
whoever it is, you'll be in the game in the fourth quarter if you don't turn the ball over. But you got to have some functionality at the quarterback position. That's going to be the biggest thing for both teams. Right? Yeah, that first INT where Hutchinson dropped back and picked it off, that was like the turning point of the game. Giants had the lead there, and, and the Lions then two quick touchdowns right after that INT, and they couldn't recover. Just odd how that happened there. So we'll see. It's going to be a tough one Thursday on short notice here. and Or not short notice, but a short week. And going against the team that played pretty good last week as well. Uh, thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. Appreciate it. We will see you Sunday up here for Jets-Bears. And you and the family, have yourself a happy Thanksgiving, all right? You got it, Dan. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Appreciate you having me on. All right, bud. You'll be good. There is Anthony Becht. He'll be with us, of course, on Sunday. Jets-Bears coverage for the Jet pregame show right here on 98.7. Coverage begins at 11 a.m. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN.